Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, this is Allison Summers, and welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. As you know, I fully believe we can travel all over the world and find really incredible business intelligence, wonderful business partners, and people who can really provide a little knowledge for us. Today, we are going to talk about the digital branding of your company, about the importance of your website. We're going to get some information on trends, and we're going to learn about Webflow. If you've ever heard about this, um, fantastic. You want to listen to learn, learn more. If you've never heard about it, uh, take a listen and hear what we have to say. So we are heading over to Slovenia, where I'm hoping it's a wonderful summer day there today. And we are going to meet Ziga Fifar, who is with Flow Out. Ziga, welcome to the program. Tell everybody what great things your company does in the world. Hey, Alison, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's a wonderful summer here. Also, thank you for asking. So what we what we do is we are a productized agency. So we offer fixed price retainers for Webflow development and design. Uh, and of course, also hourly packages for anyone who doesn't want to commit for a retainer. Uh, we started the business last year. Uh, it's actually been a year and three months now. Uh, ever since we've grown from basically nothing to a team of 15 people, developers, designers, myself and Luca, who is also a co-founder. And we are close to reaching a million dollars in revenue for the first year this year. So I I think that's so fantastic. And and like I said, we're going to talk about trends in website development and we're going to talk about different things. But um, a lot of people, I I think, don't automatically think of Webflow when they think about, I need to work on my company website or I need to do something different. And and I know you have blog posts on your website that talk about the difference of um, WordPress and Wix and other kinds of things that are in there. If you had to boil it down in, in kind of simple language, um, what's the benefits of working with a platform like Webflow compared to some of the other products out there? So it's definitely speed. Working in Webflow is way faster than working in, let's say, something like WordPress or coding your website from scratch with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. But it's also a lot more complex. So you are able to build more complicated products with it, more complicated websites or even web apps uh, if you if you implement some third-party solutions. Uh, you can also build more complex apps yeah, or websites than, let's say, Wix or Squarespace. So this is kind of a good middle ground between WordPress without its drawbacks like plugins that get outdated or you have to, you know, download the whole website, change it locally, upload it back uh, back again. Uh, but you also have, you know, ability to add something like custom code and custom features, which you don't with uh, builders like Wix or Squarespace. So Webflow is part of this no-code movement, like, for example, also Bubble, bubble.io, um, in a separate space specifically dedicated to building websites quickly and efficiently. Well, I want to come back to Webflow, but I want to get to know you a little bit better because <laughs> I know this is not the first company you've you've founded. And 
um, you had some others that that you founded and um, and certainly how this one came together, we want to talk about. So so give everybody a little bit about your history and, and background. So after or actually during my master's, uh, when I was studying uh, at the university in Slovenia, I was studying computer science. So this is kind of my background is in development and engineering. Uh, I used to freelance. So I used to freelance during the entire basically college years to develop websites, develop apps and so on. Mm-hmm. And then I worked in various agencies with various startups, uh, fast growing agencies here locally and also internationally. And at some point, my friends and I, we decided to you know start, start a couple of businesses by ourselves, maybe just try to realize some ideas, uh, including a, a carpooling platform in Europe, uh, including also an e-commerce store for exporting Slovenian wine. Uh, none of which uh, sadly uh, succeeded also because maybe we didn't have the experience in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and leadership that we do now. Um, but yeah, then at some point, two years ago, we, t- we started an agency uh, with the same group of friends, basically, uh, which then grew, you know, we tried to find our specific niche. What do we want to do? Do we want to work in React.js? Do we want to develop custom apps? Do we want to be an engineering company and so on? And at some point, we just got some traction here in Webflow. Uh, both Luca, who is a designer, and I as a developer, we both knew how to use Webflow. Uh, it wasn't a large learning, learning curve since it's a no-code tool, right? But we also had this specific ability uh, also in-house to develop more custom and complex projects that most competitive agencies can do. Uh, and th- thus, we basically started searching for customers, uh, which were, I'd say, over 90% in the US just because Webflow's adoption rate in the US is way higher than it is in Europe for now. And it's probably going to stay like that for quite a while. So, and now we're here. We we are now a specialized agency in one specific technology stack working working like we do and doing what we do. I, I actually find this story, I'm going to use the word sweet. That's probably not a word <clears throat> I've ever used on this podcast before, but that you and your friends could have built these other companies. and And like you said, Maybe they weren't successful, but they were successful in terms of the things that you learned and gained from them, um, and that you're still able to work together and 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 do this and and build the business. And yeah, you mentioned in there that ninety percent of your customers are from the U.S. and and that's my belief and why I do this podcast. Right? Is I said it at the beginning, and I really believe it. You can find the best business partners anywhere in the world, and that's so fantastic about the environment today but let's talk about your clients and 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 trends when it comes to web development or what what seems to be like what's working what people are looking for asking for um anything that you would say um is interesting or knowledgeable or that we should think of related to business websites today so the first thing is that all all websites or at least a vast majority of websites are now you know everyone has a responsive website it works well on mobile everyone realizes this so also design wise plenty of websites are kind of generic looking so there's this specific flat design uh style that is popular in the past years so there's not that much to differentiate anymore websites as far as design is concerned uh now i think it's more of a an era of user experience and also analytics and data so this is kind of the, the the direction we see things heading when people are trying to analyze A-B test and all that a bit more. Also, I think it's also because 
most of the tools that enable companies to do this have become accessible and advanced enough, even in their lowest tiers, right? In the low in the lowest forms to to enable companies to do that, to analyze the data and just work according to the data and not just to the gut, gut feeling anymore like like it was a few years ago. Of course, if you don't have the data, once you launch a business, that's kind of hard. Uh, you need to have traffic in your website. You, you got to have customer feedback and so on. Uh, but there are so many tools that help you do it. So we actually have plenty of clients uh, that are startups, US-based startups, uh, for example, in AI, right? So they, mm-hmm. they have models that can predict how fast your client is going to churn, for example, based on some data from the past. We have a client that has a copywriting uh, AI, basically. Uh, we actually built one of our landing pages. All the copy on our landing page was actually written by their AI. So it's you know it, it's tools like that that can help you create a website, scale it, add new landing pages, add new features, A/B test different copies without too much effort and too much time and creative, uh, creative you know, creative focus to to do it. So it, it's it's easier than ever to build a good website, but you got gotta have as much info and as good info as possible to just to build it. Actually, it's not that much about skill anymore as it is about uh, realizing what are the tools and what are the, the um, expertise to connect together to get the product going. Yeah. And I think what you said is so true. I, I, I observe that too often people either underspend on their website um, and they don't make the leap to the bigger site early enough, or they, overspend on something that is old and really clunky and and doesn't do what you've just said. Um, and, and the, the thinking about the AB testing, um, a lot of business owners aren't, aren't fully there. Like you would think they would be. Um, I just listened to somebody was at a, um, an in-person networking event where one of the, uh, table speakers was from Google and, he was just really hitting hard that businesses are really underutilizing A-B testing. But if you don't have a, a platform or a website or the tools that allow you to do it easily, um, it's hard. So I think I think what you're saying is correct. I know you you talked about how you you started. If we go to the website for Webflow, uh, I'm sorry, for Flowout, the it, it has your startup story talking about bootstrapping and, and coming together with your friends and these freelancers to really make a branded, a branded company. I know you have a bigger vision and that you are doing things with products. So tell us a little bit more about this next evolution of, of flow out and what you see your company really leaning into. So all of us actually love, we, we love owning our business ourselves. So we aren't really big on, on funding and VC money, uh, which is kind of why we even started this service, right? Because services bring you revenue from day one. We don't have to, we don't have to first develop the service and then sell it a million times before we have enough subscriptions to turn around some cash. Uh, so in this case, we build a service, which is now very profitable because of our business model. We have a good margin rate as well, as well as satisfied clients, basically, because they know what they're getting. Um, but with this money, we decided instead of paying us out, you know, instead of taking the profits and just living a better life, perhaps, uh, we decided to reinvest this money uh, to bring new products to the community. So basically what we're doing is we're looking at 
what the competitive products like WordPress has as plugins that are popular that Webflow doesn't offer yet. Uh, and we're building products, so software as a service products based on that. So, for example, Webflow doesn't have good multi-language solutions. So what we are doing now is we are building a multi-language product software, uh, which will bring multi-language and translations to Webflow. Now, there are a couple of competitors, but none of which are purely focused on Webflow. So this is perhaps one of the things. Uh, there are also a couple of other products we have in the pipeline, uh, like subscriptions. Uh, so you can sell subscriptions via a Webflow website, Web, Webflow website, uh, and a couple of other details uh, and smaller products that we're just going to use for marketing purposes and are going to be free for the community to use. So this is the direction we are also heading while keeping the service and scaling the service as well. So I want to ask, when you've been scaling up and you said you've had really some fantastic organic growth, um, there's a couple of different questions I want to ask you because we've talked about, you know, you have this stage of, um, you know, expanding your marketing, expanding your markets in the U.S. and in and, and, and Europe, but that also is the nice balance with hiring. So let's talk a little bit about, about hiring. Um, is that where are you going and, and for your next tier of workforce as you continue your expansion? So right now we're actually at the stage when we hired our first project manager. So until July, until the 1st of July, I was actually the only person managing the project. So I was managing all the clients, all the key accounting was done by me. Ever since the 1st of July, we have a dedicated person for that. So we are now scaling also in this, uh, we, we are hiring management people uh, who are going to help us automate the business. So Luca and I can actually both remove ourselves from operation to just focus on the products as much as possible. We have a dedicated team of three engineers uh, who work exclusively on our products, who don't work, work in the service business at all. So we hire three people, senior engineers, to do just that, to focus on that, mm -hmm. to help us scale in that direction. But we are also hiring new developers and designers. Basically, at least one developer per month uh, joins us in the joined us in the past six months. So. Yeah, we are in this uh, limbo phase right now uh, when we don't have, you know, enough revenue to scale to 30 or 40 people, uh, but we need more than 10 people. So this is kind of kind of um, kind of hard right now, but uh, I think we're going to tackle it just fine just because our business model enables us to have margins high enough so we can hire in advance, people in advance without going broke basically. So Yeah, it's that's a... that's kind of the story, yeah. Yeah, it's a stressful period, and that's that's where they say certain people are cut to be entrepreneurs, and certain people are are not. Let's talk about marketing and where you're finding your new clients. Are are you out there? Um, I mean, clearly you're on a podcast to get the word out, but what are um, do you find you're getting a lot of word of mouth, or where what are your strategies for attracting this new clientele? So we actually get a lot of new clients via cold outreach which surprises me personally. Uh, I didn't believe it's going to work as well as it does, uh, but it does work. So we get at least half the leads, I would say, from that. Uh, we also advertise. Uh, we started advertising a couple of months ago, uh, just Google search ads, nothing nothing fancy, uh, which also gives us a few leads per month. Um, and we are now focusing basically all our marketing efforts uh, into SEO. So we're trying to rank as high as possible for all Webflow development and Webflow design, Webflow agency keywords that, that exist, basically. So this is our next focus will be this. 
Uh, there's a lot of referrals as well, uh, of course. Uh, we also opened an affiliate program, which we didn't really launch as, as strongly as I as, as I hoped yet. Um, this is kind of still waiting somewhere in the backlog. Uh, but yeah, we are opening new channels basically every couple of months uh, to test them out to maybe see how, we do, how they work. We have a couple that are reliable. So it was quite hard though. I think this was the biggest challenge in the past, let's say the past year was finding channels that work and that deliver a constant number of leads, right? It, it's it's fine if you get, let's say, 10 leads or 20 or 30 leads per month, but you got to know you're going to get at least, let's say, 10 or at least 20. Uh, there, there can be too much of a discrepancy between one and one month and the, another, and, and, and the next month. So this is going to, this was kind of the, the challenge we, we tackled. But now we also have a full-time marketer. Uh, his name is Peter. He's doing a terrific job. Uh, I gotta say that. So he he took a big uh, load out of our shoulders as well. Well, I want to ask you. You do all this work, and and I'm imagining right now you're in a stage where you are just working tirelessly, as you said, to to fill the gaps and 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 get over this next um, growth hurdle and service your clients. But but what is it? Do you have any free time? And what do you do in the, in your your free time that brings you joy outside of building flow out? I do. I mean, I don't, I don't have as much free time as I used to. Uh, but yeah, so in my free time, I just do some sports, let's say running, gym, and so on, just to keep you know, just to keep myself healthy. Uh, but I'm a huge car guy, uh, and I love to cook. So I I like to go you know on a road trip, perhaps uh, during the weekends. Uh, in Slovenia, so where I live uh, is basically in the center of Slovenia, which is a super small country. So Italy is one hour away. Croatia is one hour away. Everything is basically one or two hours away. Uh, and I just go on road, trip there, road trips during weekends, um, either with a car or also with my motorcycle. So that, that's kind of that's the best way to spend free time right to now. To get that balance. At least during summer. <laughs> to get the balance exactly. Of, exactly. of all this business building. Okay. I'm going to go back to your partnerships because again, as I, I said, as I use the, the ultra um, business term sweet, that your relationship with your co-founders is, is seems sweet to me. <laughs> um, but no, really what, what would you say are the magic ingredients that, that make those partnerships work for you that you've actually been able to keep them for so many years to this point? Um, what, what's the key in there? I'd say it's the, the most important part is mentality. So it's, you know, you got to be fair. You got to be honest with yourself, with each other, uh, to see also to take criticism, uh, even though, you know, we are, we are friends, we're also business partners. So we got to critique ourselves. So each other also, um, that, that I think is the biggest part and you got to trust each other. Um, th- those are the biggest factors. It's just, you know, if you think your co-worker or co-founder isn't putting in as much effort as you are, for example, and you're both, let's say, 50 or both uh, 30 or whatever percent owners, it's hard, you know, there, there, there is resentment usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that happens, it's good to have a talk and to say, hey, I don't think you're working uh, or putting in as much effort as I am. And if the co-founder tells this to you, you can also, you know, self-reflect. You got you to self-reflect because otherwise... Uh, it won't go well. Um, but yeah, we are really good friends. So all three of us, actually. Uh, there's also Sergey, who is heading our, our product department. So he's not as much, he's not as involved in the services business as Luca and I. Um, but we all three, you know, we, we grab a drink every weekend, basically. 
basically we have lunch together every Friday. So we, we, we talk things over, we see where we stand, what we do, progress is visible. So those are, I think the most important, the most important uh, things and virtues here. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I want to say, you know, you're talking about, about trust and, 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 and being fair. And I, I want to tell our, our listeners, one of the reasons I think that you're, you're seeing success. And I would think from the U S markets. Um, so as a business leader myself, I'll give you an example. I had a software company approach me about something that they do. And I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm mildly interested. And I went all over the website, couldn't figure out pricing. I had to do like four email exchanges before they'd finally give me an idea of their baseline pricing. Now I'm sure they're a great company and great product, but I'm I, at this point, I'm already irritated. And this is what I love about Flowout's site. And you, you said this before about your business model is it's very transparent. Like you, I can see, you know, if, if I don't need the design, but if I just need the programming, what a monthly subs- like subscription retainer fee would be, I can see if I need everything, I have a lot of design work and the programming, and I can see what that subscription rate would be. And then I can see what that hourly rate is. And, but you've, you've give, you give your potential customers so much information that even if I felt I didn't fit one of those models, I feel like I have a good enough starting point to reach out to you and say, hey, I don't think I'm at the $4,500 a month, or I don't think I'm at this yet, but this is what I am. And I feel like it's, that's why I would say you're probably seeing a lot of success is because I can go and already have a baseline. And if I don't feel like I fit those baselines, I can pick up the phone and have a conversation and, and, and find something. So I applaud that. Um, I think it's refreshing and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I don't know if what I'm saying is feedback that you hear from clients or, or ways that you've looked at it. But I think that is part of what your success has got to be driven by. Um, you're not making me work hard to figure it out. <laughs> exactly exactly so you know if, if, if it's if it's hard to explain it's usually hard to understand so we just try to simplify everything uh we used to you know like i said we used to be a standard agency with uh, custom offers for every single thing we did uh, and even even putting out those estimates and offers is totally unrealistic because you can never hit it spot on you can never say this is gonna gonna cost exactly I don't know, fifteen thousand three hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. It's impossible, right? So we kinda just try to avoid this totally and we kinda managed it. So we are now um basically selling these retainers. We are growing by between one and three retainers per month, which I think is a very healthy growth rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise we would have to, you know, hire five people every month, which is <laughs> totally unrealistic in current uh, current situ- in the current situation. Uh but yeah, um I think it's it, it's something that works in the U.S., but it's not as popular here in the, in Europe. So I also noticed that uh, Europeans don't really like retainers as much, uh, or purchasing service retainers online. Uh, but in the States, it seems it works very well. Uh, and also companies, you know, the companies we work for are mostly startups, um, either early stage or let's say Series C, Series D. Uh, also some IPO companies, but generally startups. Uh, which which I think is good because both Luca and I are startup people, uh, so we can we can relate with them. We understand their needs a bit better, 
uh, and we also try to target those kind of kinds of businesses as well. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Hey, our time comes up quickly on this interview, and um, I'm sure I'm talking to you in my morning, getting close to your evening. I'm imagining you want to finish your business day and get out on that motorcycle and and get that fresh air. But if people want to learn more, well, I want to ask this. I I do usually ask my guests if I come and talk to you in another two or three years, what's the vision? What's what's next for Flowout? So next, to obviously, scaling our service. Uh... It's going to be products. We're going to turn out a new product at least every quarter, um, or even even more often, hopefully. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the thing we're going to be most active at. We're going to try to connect with the community, build for what people need, what people want uh, in the webflow space, and try to just extend this awesome technology that already exists and try to add to it. Well, thank you. Now we're going to do the official close. If people want to find out more, how can they um, connect with you or where should they go? LinkedIn. Obviously, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me uh, personally and also Flowout on LinkedIn and Twitter. So we just opened our Twitter, official Twitter account as well. So that that is kind of, I think, the, the, the best way to connect. Or just go to flow.com and check out our offer. Well, Ziga, thank you so, so very much. Um, it's been wonderful uh, to feel like for just a few moments, I've gotten to learn a little bit more about uh, Slovenia. And um, and I really enjoyed this conversation. So if our listeners, if Ziga shared something that you think somebody else needs to hear, pass along a copy of this episode or reach out to him and let him know that you appreciated the conversation. Um, and as we always say, keep your eye in the future and always de- be disruptive. Thank you, Ziga. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.